Hello and welcome to the Cane and Rinse podcast. I'm Leon Cox and joining me on this issue, number 11, to discuss 2011's Deus Ex Human Revolution are James Carter, Joshua Garrity, Sean O'Brien, live from a tin bucket, and Ready Up's Dan Benden. You see, originally this conversation formed the second half of a two-game show recorded at the same time as our Bastion discussion. Due to our self-imposed time restriction, as well as editor Jay's ever-diminishing sanity, we separated these two into two issues of the podcast, with Bastion having been released last week as issue 10. So here we go, Deus Ex Human Revolution. seemed like a, a never-ending summer drought. Well, to many people anyway, not to me, because I've got this backlog that numbers in the hundreds. Uh, a lot of people said that there was a, a particularly awful, awful summer drought, probably because they weren't playing Bastion. Um, but then in August came the first sort of big retail release of the quarter three period, Deus Ex Human Revolution. Uh, so it was a sequel, obviously, to Deus Ex and the often forgotten Deus Ex Invisible War both by Ion Storm. Idos Montreal made it. It's a very French-Canadian game, very obviously so as well, as we'll probably discuss. Um, and uh, commercially, it did rather well. 2.2 million copies sold. Did a lot better in Europe than it did in America for some reason. Um, not sure why that would be. Maybe we'll establish it. Um, I bought this on the day of release, I was quite excited about it. I'm not sure why. I felt like I hadn't played any sort of classic cyberpunk gaming for a long time. And uh, I sort of did that thing where I immersed myself a bit in the in the culture, um, you know, watched Blade Runner again and Robocop and things like that. And uh, I watched, I, I got the augmented edition. I watched the DVD, making of DVDs. I've got a little art book, which I, I read and I, I was, I, you know, I was well up for it. I started the game. Uh, I, I played, I should say, I played uh, a reasonable chunk of the original Deus Ex on PC, but uh, back then it seemed quite overwhelming um, as somebody who was mostly used at that point to playing on PlayStation 1, N64 and Dreamcast. It seemed like it was amazing because there was, you know, so much flexibility or so much you could do. But also at that point, I didn't have so much familiarity with these complex RPG systems and um, all that sort of stuff. So I didn't finish it, uh, which is a shame. One day I'd still like to, uh, although if you look at it now, it doesn't look great. But I was initially really impressed with Human Revolution and uh, my first few hours in it, I was I was pretty much stoked. Um, the, the shooting mechanics were seemed to be a lot tighter than Deus Ex's in that there were there were no dice rolls. If you recall the early stages in Deus Ex, it was uh, kind of absurd because you could you could not shoot straight even with you know 
point blank range with a pistol, there was a chance that uh, your JC Denton character would miss. Um, they've eradicated all that. But despite making some sort of streamlining for the modern console gamer, it still felt like it had most of the features of of the old Deus Ex. It had the choices of paths and hacking uh, mini games and the option to take control of security systems. And it had cool collectibles like chewy bars that could up your uh, health and, and things like this. A good, good choice of weapons. And uh, it seemed like there was a, enough flexibility. But I think what would sum up my overall experience with the whole game over the next uh, month or so as I played it through, just really weirdly uneven. So like I would play one session, I would absolutely love it. And then and I'd, I'd switch off because it was late at night. And then the next session, it would be shit. It would be like the the poor AI would show up or the level design would not be as strong. Um, and yeah, the only thing that was consistent throughout the game was that the bosses were consistently shite. Anyone care to lead off with their... Uh, who who was a day oneer with this? Who who was... Uh, I was. I was a day oneer. Were you a day... Again, sorry to keep pointing this out, but you're quite young. How old were you when the original Deus Ex came out? Well, I would have been 10. Okay. A bit young for you, probably. Uh, a bit, a bit yeah. old for you, I mean. So this was your first Deus Ex experience. It, it wasn't... No, because I did actually pick up Deus Ex when it went on a Steam sale okay. um, quite a while ago. And I did play a fair chunk of it. I didn't complete it, but I got a good like uh, eight hours into it, or something okay. like that. So well, it probably seemed less impressive to you in whatever year that was than it did to me and everyone else in in the yeah. year two thousand. I just remember being sort of amazed by the fact that you could pick up corpses and hide them and and all this stuff. Now, obviously, the game was influential and. It was perhaps, you know, reaching ahead of what most games were reaching for at this point. Um, but obviously you liked it enough to be intrigued by the release of... of a yeah, scene. I mean, you you can't go into a game like that that you know is quite old um, and, like, judge it by today's standards. I, I went into it with being quite forgiving of some of its um, aged parts. Mm-hmm. But um, it, the idea of it was really fascinating to me, like the idea of just being able to approach this level in whatever way you wanted to. Although I found, mainly because it's quite old, I didn't find the execution that great in the original. Um, So I was really excited for a modern update of that formula. Like, let's get rid of all the stuff that makes that game old, introduce the you know the evolved mechanics that have developed in the last 10 years, uh, but have that level design. Um, so I bought Deus Ex day one, um, and my experience, I think, is much more positive than yours. I think I definitely agree with you that it's an uneven experience. The boss fights, I think everyone agrees, is their shit. Uh, there's almost no arguing that. Um, but I I really got into the moment-to-moment gameplay mm. Um Mainly, uh, I mainly played stealth, non-lethal stealth throughout the entire game. That seems to uh, ch- change a lot as regards to your ex- one's experience of the game. Um, it You rack up a lot of um, experience if you try to play it that way. And maybe that's why I enjoyed it uh, a tad more, because um, when I got to, to uh, later sections of the game, I had 
a lot more options than you maybe because I had stuff like the uh, rebreather mm. and the Icarus jump 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 so there were areas that were blocked off by gas and I could just walk straight through mm. no bother and avoid a bunch of enemies by doing so um I was just kind of impressed because I've gone through it a, a second time. I haven't completed my second playthrough, but I'm playing through it again. I'm just bowled over by how much choice you really do have in that mm. game. Because um, I went out on this second playthrough deliberately trying to make different decisions. Yeah. And, and it's impressive that I can go about a level in a completely different way. Uh, like in a way that no other game lets you do. It doesn't. It didn't feel as flexible to the as the original Deus Ex to me. The, the original seemed to give you huge, vast expanses of area to choose how to pick your way through. Whereas with Human Revolution, it felt like right. Well, there's either this path through the vent and up the ladder and round the side, or there's this path through the robots and the enemies. It doesn't like you know. Is there really flexibility for more than two playthroughs or three probably not not that that not that that matters necessarily I think, uh that's sort of a sign of, of current gaming is it not though uh mm. in the past we'd have games that allow you to do anything because we have those now they're by bethesda <laughs> yeah exactly i mean but they're, they're the people that do that now because they're yeah. the masters of it and still they are the master of it but you can break the games Fairly, it's not that big a deal. Especially more, more so, I guess, with Fallout than uh, than, than Skyrim. But uh, in the past, on PCs, there was, I think, there was a lot more games where you could do whatever you wanted. But no one seemed to care that you could essentially uh, mess yourself up. I mean, I think it's the original Deus Ex. Is that not where you can go to the shooting range with your first mission being shoot this target or something, mm. and you can throw that gun down the shooting range? Probably, and, yeah, then, the and then you're yeah. fucked, right? Then you can't do that. Just that's your gun. <laughs> you fuck that up now. That's it. And but well done. You can't. You can't <laughs> shoot that target. That's freedom, right? But nowadays, gaming is more mainstream, and people won't, for want of a better, he's put up with that shit. <laughs> people will say that is ridiculous. Gaming. Yeah. What I'm saying is, has gaming been dumbed down a bit? Yeah, it probably has a bit. So that's that's what I think happened to Human Revolution a little bit. So, dumbed down Deus Ex, uh, how did you feel, Sean? Well, I, uh, I'm more along the lines with Josh. I never played the originals. Okay. And so this is my first uh, jump in, but I just love the way it looks from the trailers and everything, so I lost it day one. And for the most part, I would say that I loved it. There's a lot of parts that I didn't like, which, you know, block sites like you already talked about. And there's uh, one specific thing that I really hated, which um, I'm not sure... To get into it now or later. Go for it. Bring it. What did you hate about Deus Ex Human Revolution? Uh, it's probably the most racist game I've ever played in my life. Wow. <laughs> okay. Now, I was going to bring up the uh, one of the things that I had a problem with was the variable standard of voice acting, um, as well as yeah. everything else that varied a lot. Um, some characters were perfectly fine. Adam Jensen himself, fucking annoying, terrible. Like, you know, in terms of pure acting, it's just a dead performance. It's just he. It's just such a cliche as the constant gravelly voice. Uh, I'm emotionally scarred, so I don't enunciate correctly. That's just that's just lame. 
and then yeah and and i guess what you're getting onto are some of the npcs around detroit and and the yeah and china uh, chinatown i guess as well the infamous one is the uh is it, there's an african american woman who's a kind yep. of grass hey, Leticia. <laughs> yeah yeah is that the one that offended you first and foremost? Yeah. Right. So um, now I'm going to go out on a limb and suggest that the the, the producers and writers of this game at, at Montreal aren't racists, um, but that they didn't have a particularly large budget for voice acting. When you, when you when you've got an actor who is not of the particular race or. Uh, yes. From, from with an accent that you want them to have, it's tough for them to put that accent on without it sounding very stereotypical. Yeah. I would say it's, it's also possible to be in your story and and a setup of a game or a movie or a book or whatever to be unintentionally racist. Oh yes, but yeah. that does not forgive the fact that you may have been racist. If you get my drift, Casu- it's yeah. not mali- Not there's a difference between racism and malicious racism. Yeah, absolutely, you know, there's, yeah. there's this yeah. depiction of things and a game like this. You should have. Someone should have said at some point, "Hey, that's yeah." But it's a little bit racist. I kind of think it was more like you know, I'm pretty sensitive to that kind of stuff myself, and I just thought, God, that is a dreadful voice performance. Much like uh, Taj the Elephant and Diddy Kong Racing, you know, like that, <laughs> they they took that out of the the DS version because it was so dubious. But again. I don't believe it was ever intended. He was just meant to be an Indian and they got an English guy from the office to do an Indian accent. And so it just, it conjures up horrible images of retrograde grade comedians doing racist impersonations, but whether it is actually racist or just ill judged and ill considered. Yeah. There's, there's an ill judge. I mean, you could take uh, star Wars episode one for all its faults is, is, is full of uh, stupid people with Jamaican accents and and deceitful uh, Japanese people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But George Lucas is a bit racist. Yeah. I mean, and that, that, (laughs) that can't have gone unnoticed. I mean, maybe the problem you get in, in some things like star Wars would be that a lot of people would be going, Hey, that's, that's pretty racist. You should you should tell George that, and they're like, "No, fuck off." Yeah. I'm not telling him. You tell him. Yeah. Well, write him an write him an anonymous email, right? And then uh, no, nobody says know, no to George, and that's why the exactly. prequel trilogy happened. Um, but yeah, somebody could have said to uh, producer David Anfossi of uh, Deus Ex, um, "Yeah, that accent's no good." Maybe you know, maybe one of the writers, um, unless you know, unless they're horrible racists, I doubt it. Um, yeah, uh, it does. It does seem baffling that these that that got all the way through. But I mean, I think you know, like the voices just are. As I say, there are a few that are absolutely fine. You know, um, the the helicopter pilot or the dropship pilot. She's she's yeah. fine, and uh, a few of the others. I can't actually think of them. I thought your boss was okay, Sarafin, and particularly he was. A and bit, the receptionist, like a, she was quite good. Yeah, uh, but Saraf was a bit surfer dude for a kind of boss of a company. But then maybe he had <laughs> yeah. been a surfer dude as as a as yeah. a youth. Um, yeah, I think that isn't he just trying to distract from every question he's ever asked. Hey, yeah, don't worry about don't worry about that. I didn't do that, <laughs> dude. Just look look over there, Adam. The my biggest problem with uh, Saraf was so he employed Adam Jensen as his head of security. Mm. In the line of which he got shot to shit, blown apart, and just you know, if you it's it's like that thing. If you're going to get run over, get run over by an ambulance. If you're going to get smashed to pieces working for anyone, make sure it's a, it's a cybernetic 
uh, augmentation. Yeah. yeah. Are, are you saying yeah. that they didn't put that insurance claim through the books? Do you think they just did it? You know when well, like a, a, you take your car in for an MOT, they smash it up and they go, it's all right, we'll fix it, but, yeah, you know, It's the, the fact books. that they put him back together with all the fucking lowest grade augmentations <laughs> you can have, apart from one. Actually, there is a definite story you can see covering that. Is there? Yeah. Go for it. It's, it's his body. Your Praxis kits that upgrade stuff is the medication that allows your body to come to terms with the augmentations. I'm not saying it's a good conceit. It is. gave him all the upgrades, and they will kick in over time. You can use the Praxis kits to unlock them early. Mm-hmm. The idea yeah. being that your body is booting up step by step so that you can cope why, with the upgrades. Why are you being forced to scour other people's offices for Praxis kits. When you work for oh, yeah, one of the richest com- companies in the... Yeah, yeah. yeah. why are you it, never no. paid it's a, a salary? It's a conceit. It's an absolute why, conceit. Really why is. are you stealing petty cash from your colleagues' desks rather than being paid an enormous <laughs> amount of money by your super rich If you're going to ask that, why do you not know the password to your own computer? <laughs> <laughs> so what we're getting at here is there's quite a lot of things in this game which you could say, as well as the racism, damage the immersion. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's either a terrible head of security who doesn't know his own password, or he's so confident in his hacking skills that when he's asked for a password, he just puts any old shit in and thinks, I'll just hack that when yeah. when the time mm-hmm. comes. I'll just hack it. It doesn't matter. I hack everything. Well, the hacking minigame is fun, and that's why he wants to do it as often as possible. He's like, he's like I fucking love <laughs> hacking, man. <laughs> What's your password? Don't worry, just slam whatever. Set it to anything, I don't care. <laughs> Uh, it took me a while to to get to grips with the hacking minigame. I didn't quite understand it at first. And there's some weird upgrades mm. on that path that don't help you whatsoever. So there's the one which displays your chances of hacking a node when you can do that anyway, just by yeah, pressing I wondered the about button. It. I kept thinking, does that yeah. do something more no. than it says? But it doesn't, does <laughs> it? Doesn't. It? It's bollocks. Um, but the actual, once you've got some of the upgrades and you realize that you want to start going for the sort of caches of extra loot this is quite a loot based game really i found mm-hmm. a, a lot of time i spent looting almost in a in a fallout style but obviously the game in so many ways feels so much more constricted and restrictive than something like fallout yeah there's, there's a lot of yeah. I, I found the hacking to be like you say enjoyable but i misunderstood it at first i wasn't first of all it's not made that clear that you can hack i guess uh, reinforce one node yeah, and while that's being reinforced, you could be hacking a different node that you have access to. Yeah, so yeah. you can sort it's of play both clear parts. In that respect, yeah, but I found a lot of the time I would move away from a node that I thought I had selected for hacking, and then go to the other part of the the map to start the next one, and then I couldn't do it, and then look back thinking because because you're supposed to fire it off and then go to your next bit while that fills mm. up, right? Yeah, yeah. But and then look back and think oh, it didn't trigger. Mm. Yeah, I mean, what, what was I doing? Was I? I think I was moving the stick away from the node too quickly, but it wasn't. I just found I had try, I, I was doing that the entire way through the, the game. Controls thinking, are, are all slightly odd. I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't looked into reconfiguration, but it feels like you know the duck is on the wrong stick and the iron sights is in the wrong place, and mm. the X button is used, or the square, presumably on PS3, is used. A lot where on most games it would be the A or the cross button. Do you mm. know what I mean? It's like the the controls all feel a little bit like anti-clockwise twisted around the pad or something. But I guess it is um, it is a sort of game where you immerse yourself. Just it's the kind of game you'd play just that game, isn't it? So I guess you get used to. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That as well, but yeah, it's weird I know coming what you mean. back to it. Feel awkward. It feels counterintuitive. It doesn't. Do you think maybe they did it so that you felt like Adam 
sort of a little bit disjointed from your body (laughs) and unable to control yourself. Um, In complete contrast, um, I disagree. I actually really like the controls. Maybe not the pressing X instead of A. That was a bit silly. But I actually liked having the the, uh, get into cover uh, be on the trigger because I I personally felt... Yeah, that works well. Yeah. And um, I I do agree the iron sights um, may be a bit awkward on the um, analog stick. I did find I in general I found the controls really nice and responsive. Yeah, they're responsive. And, yeah, it's, it's okay. purely the the button layout, the default button layout is I find slightly odd. But you know, that's... I think it was only the hacking that I found unresponsive, or, or at least yeah. I. I wasn't getting enough feedback to know that I was doing it right, so I was Mm. doing it wrong and getting annoyed with it. I I think what I would say about the controls is it's possible they tweaked the controls from what we would expect looking at that game, them to be first-person shooter controls, to be something Mm -hmm. more suitable for a stealth game, which I I don't think there's, certainly in my mind, there's no question that this is primarily a stealth game that you can also play as a shooter. Yeah, and isn't that like when, you know... I think this game does did uh, did and does remind me quite a bit of Fallout Three, but as mm. you know, we we've talked about the Bethesda games, but just you know, I'm sure maybe they don't have the budget or the the manpower to make those kind of games, or they can't you know leave five years in between releases. But when you compare it to those, I'm not sure how favorably it comes out in terms you know the, these in terms of a a purchase a forty pound sixty dollar purchase. Yeah, it feels like it's trying for the flexibility and freedom that something like Fallout has, but falls a million miles short because it's, it's so much smaller. Now, I, you know, the mm. counter argument is obviously that the levels themselves are more, um, rich. Yeah. And tightly designed than, than mm-hmm. say the endless, you know, tunnels and shopping malls in, in, uh, in say in new, new uh, Washington or whatever. It certainly felt rich. The world felt richer than, say, a Fallout world, I would say. I'm not a big fan of Fallout games. I, I, while I appreciate them, and uh, Kirsten, my wife, is a huge fan of those games mm-hmm. and, and uh, is, is playing Skyrim behind me right now. Yeah. Um, I, I do quite like watching them being played. The things like having all those missions all at once gives me a little bit of a panic attack, to be honest. But mm-hmm. um, I, I liked that the world of Deus Ex was definitely rich. There was stuff everywhere, people everywhere. Emails everywhere. Things, uh, cardboard boxes everywhere. Like, what was that about? That's a lot of cardboard boxes. Yeah, in the pointless game. But, uh, cardboard boxes, yeah. I think they, everyone was moving or something. I don't know. It looked like everyone was moving. But uh, <laughs> yeah. the, 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 the city seemed much more alive than, say, uh, a Skyrim city where there's a but lot of people. It also felt very small. You know, there's only kind of one path through these supposedly massive urban sprawls. Yeah. And... Yet you can either walk around the streets in a in a in a sort of square, or you can go to the back streets where the hoodlums hang out. There's mm. there's there's very little sense. Like I know it's not supposed to be an open world game, but it does give you the opportunity to go outside. It, it, it and gives then, the impression of, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and then it cuts ninety eight percent. What I would say you. in that respect is, I, I agree. And and the place that that's most telling is the riots. Yeah. That doesn't feel like a riot. That feels like you walking no. through a few people stood around. Thinking yeah, about they just it, set, you know? set the edges on it's fire so you couldn't go there. Um, yeah, sorry, it feels virtually no different to when you walk around at first and there are lots of people outside having a fag break. Except there's mm. a few police cars around yeah, and a yeah. few guards. Yeah, no. It's loud, and, isn't and it? That it's shows more of a that sound the, the world doesn't really work in that way. Um, I'll just quickly catch up with my Deus Ex history. Yes, please. Um, 
about a year ago, more than a year ago probably, I saw first trailer for Human Revolution. And since that point, I had desktop wallpaper on reminding me every day when that game was coming out. Oh, wow. Okay. Which was ridiculous because I'd never played Deus Ex. Didn't know much about it, but it just captured something. It was a stealth game in a sort of open world Fallout type situation, and it, it captured that for me. So what I did was in August, I went and played Deus Ex um, with the, um, the HD upgrade pack, uh-huh. which does improve the nice. visuals a bit. It's a texture upgrade pack, yeah. so you get better textures. The people still look like Crichton walking around, quite frankly. <laughs> just takes block, the edge off it, doesn't it, I suppose. Yeah. It, so you've got to get past that. And what I would say about that game is it's, it's for me, a very typical game of the sort of game that PC gamers would point at and say, that's why we play on PC. Because mm-hmm. it did and still does stuff that yeah. console games just don't do, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, it it, it did- gives you so much... Uh, to do in that game at mm. the expense of having that directed focused yeah. game that you expect on a console, but that's fine because that's not what it's trying to be. Um, I would compare that game. It seems more open, but actually you've got a hub world and you've got levels you go to from that hub world, not as constrained as something like a mass effect, which is what I would compare human revolution to, mm. um, but much more like something like Shenmue where you've got the city, but it's not expansive. You can walk around a certain area, but ultimately you are going to come to a point where it sort of breaks off and you go into the the level, the mission, the fight in the case of Shenmue. That's fine, but Shenmue's over a decade old now. Yeah, yeah. And and that's what Deus Ex is like, the yeah. original, which is the same sort of era. And that's very much what it goes for. Oh, okay, what you've right. got now is Human Revolution caught between that. But I think I'd compare it to Mass Effect quite a lot. Mm-hmm. The problem is it mm. seems like it's more like a Fallout. It's really not. If you think about Mass Effect when you go to one of the planets, you've got a certain amount of space to move around and yeah. it sort of gives you the impression of a world, but the Citadel doesn't really feel like the hub of the universe. No, it doesn't. The, no. the, the, the cities, certainly in the first one, you go to a colony and you see 10 people standing around in a couple of caravans or whatever they are, you know, the, the block buildings. It doesn't feel like... A world. It feels like a small part that you're getting yeah. to see, and that's what this hmm. feels like. That you see a small part of Detroit, maybe, and then you go into the hub world. However, Mass Effect, and particularly Mass Effect Two, give you mm. an enormous amount more places to go than yeah. Deus Ex, yeah. which only has a, a very small handful. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Which, which I think in Mass Effect's case does compensate a lot because uh, you know the first game there's a lot of repeating architecture and stuff which does dilute the feeling that you're traveling the universe because everywhere's got mm. the same lifts and and buildings yeah. and whatever. But Mass Effect Two, I think, does a reasonable job of making yeah. it feel like you are yeah. you know galaxy trotting, whereas uh, Deus Ex, you know, and and another point to to this is is the the art design which depending on how you look at it now, I really liked it at first and I described it as black and gold being the prevalent palette, Mm. but I've also heard other people and maybe it depends on the settings on your screen or the quality of your screen, gray and brown. So (laughs) I think depending on (laughs) whether you, whether you look at it and see black and gold or gray and brown may, may uh, sort of sway your, your leaning. Um, Overall, I think the game looks quite cool for a, you know, for a period um, and there's there's like a couple of points where they deliberately take you into a very different looking location, uh, such as when you finally reunite with your estranged partner. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the end, I was 
a little bored of these uh, you know, very repetitive environments and textures and, and with, with the restrict what I felt to be the restrictiveness of the gameplay. I realise mm. I'm sounding very negative about this game. I actually, <laughs> I liked it a lot more than I didn't like it, if you see what I mean. The, yeah. the fundamentals of the game, I did enjoy the looting, the, you know, the levelling up, the shooting, the stealth. I enjoyed all of that. I even went so far as in the final area, uh, was it Panchea? Uh, I thought because of the nature of what was going on, which was that the populace of this place had been, uh, were going mental because of the things, the uh, augmentations being corrupted effectively, uh, that I would be rewarded for not killing anyone. So I'd gone mm-hmm. through the entire game being a bit of a Arnie motherfucker. Um, I was basically like, you know, these guys are shooting at me. They're going to kill me. I'm going to kill them first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't don't have too many qualms about that within playing the character of Adam Jensen. But in this last section, it was like, shit, uh, I don't really want to kill all these people who are just coming at me because they're fucked up in the head. So this was where yeah. I, very late in the game, decided to go down the stealth path. Uh, obviously, it made it difficult because I'd powered up the mm-hmm. wrong things, but I did manage it. I managed to go through the entire of the last area without killing a single one of the workers, yeah. and uh, mostly by punching them really hard in the face. Okay. Uh, I want the old Batman style of non-lethal. Yeah, just, using... Just critical brain damage and right. broken limbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's fine. But using the, uh, the, the, the rather cool um, sort of uh, cutscene takedown attacks, mm. um, yeah. The, yeah. the non-lethal ones. Um, I got no reward for that whatsoever, I suppose, maybe some extra XP. Um, but I felt good about it nonetheless, so... Do you know what uh, stood out to me most about those non-lethal takedowns? Yeah. That everyone spit. seemed to have a mouthful of water. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everyone spat a full mouth of spit mm. all over the place yeah. in slow motion. I thought that it was, was a bit like um, the the Mortal Kombat's, or I think there was a Ninja Gaiden as well, wasn't there? Where we'll just turn the blood a different color. It's fine. It's yeah. just a different color. Yeah. Don't, yeah, don't worry yeah. about it, it. There was so much spit, I couldn't believe it. Actually, it <laughs> might be my. It reminded me of a point uh, I made. I reviewed this game as well, if we're talking about how we came to the game. Uh-huh. Hmm. Uh, I, I actually, I remember seeing things about it, press releases and whatever, and I think it was at the Golden Joysticks, and they had a sort of, while all the, the people who'd paid to go were off getting absolutely wasted, which, by the way, the Golden Joystick Awards is a start drinking at like 10 o'clock in the morning thing yeah. for the industry, so not not myself, I was there reporting on it, but... Um, they had a few things to keep us busy, I guess. And one of them was a, a gameplay demo of this uh, sort of live streamed from the developer. And I remember mm-hmm. watching it and, and he did very specific things in the gameplay demo. And I couldn't help but think that I was be trying to be, they were trying to trick me, you know, like oh, mm-hmm. he did that thing. And he did exactly what I thought he'd do in every single situation. I thought this game's not, this is this is a, a bit contrived. This demo, mm. I'm, I'm not. Imp- I think this might be a, a video actually of, of, <laughs> of him. He's just talking over it because you can't really tell. Um, and when it eventually came again, it was a, a game I had for review. Uh, I, I, it took me by surprise. I think actually it was due to be someone else reviewing it, but there was a change of situation and they couldn't do it. So I thought, oh, I'll, I'll do it. That's fine. And I was taken by surprise that I really did like it. Uh, mm. Despite many of the things in the game, I really mm. enjoyed it. But opposite to say Bastion, if I think back about Human Revolution now, I don't f- probably feel as fondly about it as I did when I was playing it. 
So I don't think it had um, a, a, a lasting effect on me. I don't yeah. think back and go, oh, that game was brilliant. But while I was playing it, I was 100% Adam Jensen. I was loving every bit of it, which is uh, which is odd. I guess it doesn't have as much soul as, as some games. Yeah. I think what I would say to, to your point, Leon, and I guess yours as well, Dan, is I played this twice within the first two weeks it came out wow. mm-hmm. and then stopped. I would, that was it. I played yeah. through the game twice. Mm-hmm. I'd played through it. Full stealth, non-lethal, hardest difficulty first time through. Because um, at that point, difficulty makes no difference. If you're not killing anyone, you're not engaged in combat. Doesn't yeah, matter. so it's all based around how quickly they take you out. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the same as um, Splinter Cell, uh, yeah. Conviction, certainly, the ones before it as well. Mm. Um, I think Hitman's the only game I've seen that does something different with the difficulty to try and force your stealth to be more difficult. They... they Change the number of saves. So you you, have. you played it effectively like a stealth game played well is more like a puzzle game than a than it is. It's a it's oh, about yeah, finding yeah. paths and doing things in. That's a, how I played the game too. Yeah, so yeah. I, 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 as a, I as can't a play game. games like that. It does. No, it no. drives me insane. So this game is probably more rewarding to somebody who avoids most of the the gunplay, mm. even though the gunplay yeah. is entirely competent and yeah yeah, yeah no absolutely yeah yeah. I wouldn't yeah, stop I would if I, I was playing with a stealth intent. But mm. when things went to shit, I didn't reload necessarily. I would shoot my way out of a of a mistake I made during my stealth, which I guess is mm. not a true stealth way of playing things. I would definitely... And also, when it came to the bosses, I made sure I had lots of Typhoon ammo because... Yeah, Typhoon. That's, that's a quick way out of those. Yeah, that would fuck up stealth players, though, wouldn't it? The fact that the bosses were kind of bullet sponges. Well, kind yes. of, except I didn't have a problem with the bosses on the hardest difficulty at all. I, I, you know, I agree, the, they're not particularly well designed. Although I think the second boss, uh, the Mantis, she's referred to as, but um, is it Yelena? Is that in the Check. arena with the sort of living yeah. statues? I, yeah, I, I thought that was quite stylish. Yeah, yeah, there was an atmosphere to it. Uh, it the bosses kind of reminded me a bit of my fairly paltry knowledge of Metal Gear Solid. I got a little bit of that feeling from <laughs> yeah, that because yeah. they were so over the top, you know. Yeah, but um, they didn't have the personality. I couldn't. No. No, uh, you, you know. you, well, you didn't get to know any of them yeah. at all. Um, but but as far as the and also f- the bosses are good in Metal yeah. Gear Solid. Yeah, yeah, sure. But in this case, I didn't have a problem with them like a lot of people seem to. Um, mm. The first one, I just threw every explosive I had at him, and I had the sniper rifle yeah. from the augmented edition, which I had no use for, but to pop him in the head, and used the fact that I'd upgraded my stealth. I saw yeah, so I mean- many instances of them saying. Try the try this typhoon ammo out. Why don't you? That by the second boss, I thought, you know what. I'll just get the typhoon. Two shots, she yeah. was down. Last yeah. boss, two shots, he was down too. Not a problem. And from what I can tell, it wouldn't have been terribly fun to try and fight them anyway. No, that's... but it meant I just carried stealth weapons and just used the typhoon to kill them, and, yeah. and it was straightforward. You know the, uh, I guess at the early stage of the game, your taser is your non-lethal weapon of choice right yeah. it's, it's, it's not the greatest weapon in the well, game it's, and your hand to hand takedown that's yes yeah i, I really uh, shot the taser if i could help it to be honest exactly so the taser i i sort of ignored but on that last boss mm. uh sorry not the last boss on the first boss the the mm. army guy uh the interesting thing about the taser is that he takes longer to recover from being hit by the taser <laughs> than, by than it takes launcher. you to read no <laughs> than it takes for you to reload the taser mm-hmm. 
and each each hit of it does do him some amount of damage. If you hit him with sixteen so taser shots can, in a row, right. he won't move, and you win. So you put him yeah. in a in an animation loop, effectively. An animation loop Expl- of yeah, tasering. I, mean, I think him. they're mostly exploitable. Bizarrely, I ended up getting tips off Twitter for the first boss from uh, Jeff Green of, um, of PopCap. He said, oh, "I finally worked out how to get past this first boss." Because yeah, it was it was a even though I'd been playing combat up to that point, perhaps because it was a it was a a little spike for me and it took me a few goes before jeff green told me just chuck those barrels at him <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah also okay. the, the first boss i i think i mean i played it a few times him uh i think your very first move in that area when it goes from cutscene to to game as soon as you have control you need to move uh, and if you don't you can get sort of almost caught in being hit by something yeah. and then he's too close to you and then he's <clears throat> blown you up a bit and you you can't get your bearings yeah. and you don't realize that just to your left there's a room full of, packed full full of, of every type of stuff yes. you could ever want to kill yeah. him with you know yeah it would have been and once you get away from him a bit he's kind of shit just he doesn't really slight, see you slightly weak design that perhaps they should have started you in, you know running into that room or something like yeah, that yeah. um that's what what maybe a japanese developer would have done something like that but um yeah, yeah. there's uh one of the bosses um just uh, kept jumping over and over this wall over and over again. So I basically yeah, I stood. Uh, I can't. Yeah, well, not not the final final boss. Not the final just, confrontation, but yeah. uh, Yaron is it or yeah. Jaron? Yeah, so the, the leader of the three. It's absolutely ridiculous. So if you stand yeah. perpendicular with this divide that he's kind of, he will just continue to vault it. He vaults it. He vaults it. He vaults it. He vaults it. You wait until he <laughs> land. He, you can just shoot him and pick him off with whatever. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's just terrible. Yeah, uh, it, it, it just shatters it, again the the feeling of of immersion. I think this game should have it, had no bosses. Um, although the last one was sort of interesting in that it allowed you to show your your repertoire off. Yeah, the bosses didn't really serve a purpose, did they? No, uh, and they didn't even no. Uh, oftentimes, you'll, I know we were, when you were talking about Shadows of the Damned in the other episodes there, that we were talking about, uh, off, off of the podcast, I've, I've been talking to you about uh, those pieces of game that seem to be there to flesh out and, and artificially extend the game. Yeah. yeah, I can't even think that these bosses added more than like half an hour between them, you know? Mm. It's, they're not even very long. If no. you find the exploit, they're, they're instant, uh, or they'll kill you straight away. So it makes no yeah. no difference. I, I, you're right, they shouldn't have had had the bosses there I at got all, the feeling but... they were there to be Adam Jensen's revenge tale for mm. what they did to him and what he thinks they've done to his you know ex-girlfriend or ex-partner um, the... and yet there was no attachment to them no I had no problem throwing a gas grenade down Typhoon twice on that final boss done yeah. Yeah. and it, it was set up as if it could have been an interesting fight but I just wasn't interested and it also in undermines all, so. for those of you who were playing non-lethal that that whole thing. So as soon as you you know you get chucked into a boss arena, you've got no choice but to fuck them up. Yeah, and even M- MGS in that respect managed much better. MGS four I played through non lethal, and you can use non lethal ammo to drop their morale meter to the point where they will go unconscious rather than die. That's brilliant. Which is the, uh, it's a bit of an odd way that, of doing it. It's it not, but it's at least an option. At least know? it's consistent in some yeah. strange way. Yeah. Yeah. The, the one bit of the game that I actually thought was a was going to be a boss fight and wasn't actually worked a million times better. There's the point where I think it's the it's the leader of the other corporation, the the, the woman, and you go up there and you talk to her and she's like, mm. "Oh, I've been controlled. Poor me, poor me." And then because you're a man and an idiot, 
you believe her and then she yeah. pushes you into a room and locks locks herself in like a safety room doesn't she and then calls in like a million guards yeah, yeah. it's a set piece rather than I thought than that was going to be a yeah. boss fight but what it was was a difficult a very difficult situation at that the end of a section that was more interesting although yeah. that was where the other sort of major flaw that I was going to bring up for the game before we finish is is that if if you're going to not you know I've criticised it for not having the scope of larger games but if you are going to make it a very tight, focused, stealth-based affair, you've got to nail the AI on the guards instead of mm-hmm. having them being dumb fucks who can be taken out by simply alerting them and then hiding in a tunnel and shooting them in the knees over and over again. You know, it's that again, that's just yeah. those moments which for all, for all the fun of looting and shooting, you just start to go, well, this is, you know, these... These guards are ultimately complete nincompoops. You know, they're just yeah. they're just morons. Um, I think uh, when I when I reviewed the game as well, and I really enjoyed it at the time, like I said. But I uh, I also I found because I liked the world and I liked the idea of things that were going on, and I found myself immersed in the story uh, to to a point. I guess more in the world. Uh, I found myself not doing those things that exploit the game engine because it broke the immersion of the game yeah. for me you know mm. and there was a point in i think i told actually wrote the story out in in verbatim in my review because i'm terrible at the that. One i'll you, go off on, told a... on 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 the ready up podcast yes it was yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just go quickly that i was i was sort of sneaking between some guards in their office i think it was and i was up against a, a, a like a balcony separator like a safety rail thing and a guard came round, and because he couldn't see me because i was being sneaky but i was standing in his way what he should have done is sort of just wandered past me, but he didn't. He stood right next to me, to which it looked stupid, and I was unable to move, and he was unable to move, and, and eventually I moved, and he walked off, and, and I invented a story in my head that he had seen me, and I had seen him, and he decided that it was in his best interest not <laughs> to react to this badass-looking guy who's standing in front of him. Yeah. And I, I totally invented this story in my head that, that as a joke obviously to, to and, and saying it to the people in the room with me but i said like, look this guy he he doesn't he 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 knows i could take him out he knows i've got exactly he yeah. knows he knows i've got massive <laughs> blades in my heart in my arms if, if he says anything he yeah. is dead this, uh, so he's decided not to mention it's, it you it's know? very telling that you know how much you like a game is is directly uh re- relative to how much you'll forgive it um, which is, you know, exactly. where Bethesda yes. get away with with so much to mention it one exactly. last time. Um, I think I forgave a lot in Deus Ex. Yeah, to enjoy well, it because I wanted to. Yeah, I think um, Darren Foreman, our very own Kane Rinses, Darren Foreman, he's got a couple of good videos yes. of, uh, was gonna of say, him moving yeah. around in stealth mode in front of some gangsters who just cannot see him. Yeah, not at all. Chat. Yeah, they're having a yeah. chat, and, and then, then he suddenly, stands up, and suddenly yeah. they they see him. You know, yeah. but he's literally squatted on their coffee table right in front of them and they just refused to see him curled one out yeah <laughs> that always reminds me of a Tenchu game that you could uh, which were all I don't know why I have fond memories of Tenchu but they were pretty terrible a lot of people do and th- then I think they go back and yeah. try and play them oh, but... go, man this game's shit but you could sort of do a, a crouch and uncrouch behind a bush and the guy the other side of the bush would rip get stuck in a loop of seeing you and then going, oh, <laughs> it's gone. And you could just do it over and over again. Deus Ex you could is like... not so far from that. I'm afraid no. it's not. Yeah. And, and that, that yeah. was uh, one of the many problems. But again, I must stress, I, I, I like the game more than I didn't like it. Sean, I wanted to go back to you because we never found out that whether you got past your, <laughs> your issues with the racism. <laughs> oh, no. I, I mean, I, I did finish the game and I really liked it for the most part. But 
uh, the racism thing didn't really turn me off too much. You know, it was just a very jarring uh, experience to see that happen. (laughs) (laughs) Disappointing, actually. It it sparks it down for me, which, you know, something that never happened to me it can make you feel a bit it takes the edge off doesn't it it makes you feel a bit awkward or a little bit embarrassed for the game as you're playing it like oh man yeah it's like and i also think some some people might not get that it probably wasn't on purpose and that always worries me about things like that that someone would be playing going yeah bloody foreigners or something you know and think (laughs) that the game is doing it for them but that worries me after the youtube tram lady it seems pretty tame stuff having a uh, badly accented npc oh yes Um, so, uh, yes, to round up, um, this is a game which, as, as, as we said earlier, it came out, it had probably the best release spot of any game this year. Um, it was just, they, they got it, whether, they, whether it was serendipity or, or brilliant planning from somebody at uh, Square Enix, um, they absolutely got the right day to come out. Um, I'm surprised it's a, it, it's an unknown good release spot, to be honest, because Bioshock, Batman Arkham Asylum, yep. uh, Gears, I think his Gears 2 was in that sort of time. No, it's a bit later. Sort of September. All right. Um, but but, yeah. but there's, a, there's a few games that have gone for that end of August, early yeah. September spot and done really, really well. It's a killer. So, it's, it's, the, yeah. it's the one, yeah. Um, but so, yes, it, it did well. A lot of people, uh, you know, most of the people who we haven't, we haven't particularly spoiled the story in this Um we haven't really had time to discuss the narrative. Uh, anyone got anything pertinent to say on that? Uh, it fits well it's with right, Deus Ex. It? it teases <laughs> what's going to happen in Deus Ex and probably in the sequel. And I think that, yeah, that's what I would say about the game is a bit like the first Assassin's Creed. It does a lot of enough well and has been successful enough yeah. that they can polish out some of these problems next time around, hopefully. Yeah, well said. I, I, would, I would agree with that. Yeah, it's, I should have said, you know, I described it as a sequel. It's actually a prequel. Uh, to yeah. Deus Ex, um, it's a sequel in real life, but it's a prequel in yeah. in, in yeah. terms of narrative and in Lucas speak. Yeah, and it teases the uh, the original game or the plot of the original game. So whether we'll get mm. the next game, you know, whether we'll get something that's set in the same timeline as the original game, but with you know contemporary uh, visuals and and that. Oh, well, one thing we should mention: we'll close with some of the music. Um, I think the soundtrack is superb. Michael McCann's. Oh yeah, yes, sound, it's very different. Uh, yeah. It elevates it beyond perhaps uh, maybe what I thought of the game would have been less if yeah. it didn't have mm-hmm. this excellent epic synthy score. That is it, f- it's such a silly little thing, but I love pressing the start button in that game. The noise it makes <laughs> when you press the start button on the screen, the very opening screen, it's just, yeah. From that moment, it was like, yeah, you've you've got the tone of this right. Yeah, let's just mm. go and play the game. It mm. just It's one little sort of doom but it's perfect. It's the stupidest little thing, but it makes me happy. So, yeah. The whole visual aesthetic of the game, uh, more of the HUD and all the computers and everything was very convincing. I thought of a sort of the, the, the future, the whole everything's mm. orange. I don't know why everything's orange, but I, I like that. I like that about it quite a lot. They have, they're like Arthur C. Clarke. They have successively predicted what's definitely going to happen in, uh, <laughs> in, in the future uh, as regards to augmentations and stuff. They, they are actually exploring some ideas within the story, the Icarus, um, metaphor and things like that and and yes we should discuss the very end shouldn't we so after you fight after you fight the final boss which is based around uh using as i say your repertoire of skills which is kind of a more interesting way of doing it and if if they'd all been like that if they'd all been thought out i mean it wasn't amazing but it was at least trying can, to do something can relevant. i just say one thing though yeah 
kind of, except if you've got the laser cannon, you just shoot straight through the glass and win the game. Yeah, I heard that. Uh, <laughs> whereas even though I was this mostly action character, I still found myself, you know, doing the hacking and stuff like that. It seemed yeah, like, you know, yeah. that should have been, not that it should have forced you down that path, but it should have strongly encouraged. Um, yeah. If they were going to have climactic boss-style encounters, they should have done that made them more like how do you yeah. use your augments to yeah exactly circumnavigate now, or, or the better was, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah and i guess the problem was that they couldn't restrict people's um rpg you know their their actual choice of yeah just of just very quickly on that i i spoke to to you josh on twitter the other day didn't i um we were talking about how to recommend to in this case alex shaw uh ex-cowboy um now of gonzo planet what upgrades to get at the start of the game and it's really tough yeah but by the end of the game you have the upgrades you need and and you found you were doing stealth very differently to me you went for the mgs radar yeah yeah um and and see through walls i think yeah yeah whereas i didn't need them i just i used the the camel and just hugged corners to and and waited to to see the guard patterns and just went for it so there's actually a lot of flexibility in that upgrade system yeah, I think you, you're given your choice to play how you want to play. Yeah. I, I went for the seeing through walls almost uh, immediately mm. and, and, and used it the whole game. And I remember yeah. watching Kirsten play as well. And she went for the stealth suit. Mm-hmm. Putting everything into that, you can then stealth uh, the crap out of everything. Yeah, you get like 30 but, seconds worth of stealth. You just run through most rooms, to be honest. I didn't like the way the battery, only one of your batteries recharged by itself. That was Yeah, yeah that was another bad design, design decision. Got on you, my have to, you have to learn to use only one battery because there's not enough yeah. battery recharging yeah. items. You like start a mission and you're like, right, okay, you've got a few batteries. But yeah. Well, actually, did the batteries recharge if they weren't fully discharged, didn't they? That yes. was the idea. Yeah. So, so you, had, you could be timing sneaky was quite about good it. in that. You could stop it just before it got to the end of a battery mm. and have that one recharge too. But yeah. Slight, that wasn't clear though. That wasn't clumsy. clear. No, the, no, no wasn't. Yeah, that wasn't at all yeah. clear. That took a lot of working out, which yeah. uh, as as head of security of a company that made me, I should probably know about that, you know. Maybe just give them a bigger clearer. battery, you know. Yeah, yeah I well, mean, you know, battery life is gonna be, you know, as we go forward with technology, it's gonna be more and more of a concern <laughs> as these they were very obviously uh those uh, big chunky batteries you put in a torch as well, if you looked at the yeah, picture. Uh, <laughs> single A's or whatever, yeah. Yes, or C, is that a C, C battery? battery maybe, yeah. They were a big old battery mm. it was, yeah. Mm. I'd have swapped the rocket launcher for some more batteries, to be honest. If it was a if it was that a weight would be issue. interesting actually, yeah. If you could use some of your infantry spots to um to uh, even half, if they went yeah. like half your inventory's gone. Two of your batteries will recharge. You, you I'd have gone for that. Snock up, snock up, stock yeah, up yeah, on snack snack up up. energy bars, or yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but, See, that that I found that was the one gameplay thing that I thought, oh fuck off. The, the I mean, chemist like, in any of us says rubbish <laughs> to that. Yeah, yeah. All of the things that in that game, yeah, I get it. Yeah, the augments. That's cool. This is cool. That's cool. How do I recharge my batteries? Oh, uh, energy bars. Right, cool. Yeah, yeah. That, that doesn't make any sense. There's some kind of back to the future style sort of. Mr. Fusion. It, yeah, Mr. Fusion. <laughs> <laughs> He'd have one on his back. He couldn't have looked yeah. any less cool, um, any more cool. I'm not sure. Because um, I did like his coat. i got to admit, the, the patterning yeah. on the top of his coat is very, very nice texture. Yeah. Yeah. So you can buy that coat, but it doesn't have that pattern on it. What the fuck? There's a, pa- there's a coat they sell as merchandise. <sighs> Some of the stuff they sell is super cool, right? Mm. But his coat is one of them, but it doesn't have that sort of uh, almost a, what's the word I'm looking for? 
paisley almost kind of, sort of design in, in on it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Apparently the coat doesn't have that, that on it, which makes me think, what, what fucking, yeah. how is that like that coat? That's just, then? then you just look like you're wearing an SS uniform hmm. and, uh, and <laughs> you're back to the, hang on a minute, Ubisoft Montreal are completely racist. Accidental racism. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, we should. Okay, just, sorry, yes, d- d- distracted we, from the end of game no, discussion. That's fine. We should just close out, right? We won't necessarily talk about the the choices as such, uh, unless unless anyone particularly wants to. You have four choices at the end of the game. Uh, after uh, fighting the, in the final arena, the final boss, however you've tackled that, um, it's just one of the lamest ends to a game yeah. ever, <laughs> especially given the end to Deus Ex. Press yeah. press one of three buttons or go around the corner and, and press the super secret fourth one. Yeah. Press the other button. <laughs> well, let's let's put it this way, right? I, I don't have much to say about it because you've summed it up right there. But no bastion, is it? No. When it comes to the ending choice, that's no. Did anyone I, have I, an emotional uh, sort of no. desire as regards to which button to push? I'll I'll very quickly say this and then let other people actually get a word in anyways. Um, in Deus Ex, there's three decision, what three way decision at the end, and I felt very strongly that one of those was the right thing for my JC Denton to do. Right, um, and, and that was to sacrifice myself and become the centre of this AI that was going meld with sort of merge with an AI that was going to benevolently change the world after that mm-hmm. there were other decisions you could you could choose. Uh, I didn't felt they f- they fitted with the character I created. In this one, I felt no strong compulsion with any one of them. And that wasn't because it was a tough decision. It's just because I didn't feel strongly that Adam Jensen was making that, or I was making that decision as him at all. Yeah. And I don't know yeah, what he it was about I, it. I didn't think he was a hero no. as a character. I thought he was he was the character I played doing in his revenge. Play, but I didn't think he was the person to lead the world or take over the world or sacrifice himself or or anything to the point where... Uh, I'll keep drumming on about Bastion if you want, but uh, <laughs> uh, I, I could tell that was coming in Bastion, or something was going to happen, mm-hmm. and I know, mm-hmm. and, and you were sort of. I felt myself thinking, hmm, well, is that going to happen? Are we going to fix it? Are we not going to fix it? Will I get a choice by the end of Day Six? I was, um, I don't care, whatever. Uh, yeah, hey. yeah. I, I saved the game and then chose each of the four in turn to get the achievements and barely even concentrated on the end sequences. No. Just didn't they were, they were, give a yeah, fuck. Really, really poor. It, I think the thing was none of the decisions made me feel like I was making a difference to the world because none of them was a good solution. There was no solution there. It was just, I'm going to do this. Maybe it'll make a difference. It sort of felt like picking a file from a folder of movies. Go, which one shall I watch? <laughs> yeah. That one. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Lame. But it's a shame. Disappointing yeah. payoff. Um, the only interesting bit at the end, yeah, it does come right after the credits when yeah. uh, there's a, a nod to Deus Ex 2000. You, you see the, uh, yeah, the, uh, was well, essentially the creation or, or the continuation of yeah. this group. And, and it's, a, it's an interesting way to bookend it because anyone who doesn't know what Deus Ex was or what was in it must have been quite confused about it. Yeah. Yeah, and then the, the, the theme tune plays, the Deus Ex yeah. theme tune. Although I suppose in, nice in some history. ways, again, if I'm going to make Metal Gear Solid comparisons all night, it, it's a little bit of that when you get to the end of the Metal Gear uh, Metal Gear Solid and you get that voiceover after the credits that you get some information, but it doesn't really tell you what's going on. It's kind of like that yeah. for someone who hasn't played Deus Ex and therefore doesn't recognise the characters who are talking and that sort of thing. So. Yeah, it's, it's a sort of a thing that you get 
uh, often in movies as well, isn't it? Especially Marvel yeah. movies, actually. Yeah. The yeah. thing at the end isn't for 99% of the mm, it's viewers. For the it's for the 1% of the viewers, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, it, it's, and that's why it can be put at the end of the credits, I guess. Uh, nothing drives me more insane than people leaving the cinema before the end of a superhero movie credits. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, nothing. Not even racism. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Josh or Sean, anything to say about the climax of the game? Did you get involved? Did you care which one you selected? Uh, no, not okay. really. Um, well, I kind, I didn't really care from a story no, point of view. That's a bit of a failing, isn't it? For, for a game with two writers on it, one of whom is a, prof- is a published sci-fi author, it's not great, is it? I, kind, I tried to pick the one that I felt personally, politically, I felt was the right mm. one. But I didn't feel like that decision worked particularly well within the narrative of the game or with Adam Jensen, to be honest, because I don't think a character like him would make that kind of decision, like for himself. I don't think he would, Um, because his entire objective uh, through that uh, throughout the entire game is very, very personal. And then suddenly they throw in that bigger than you, bigger than everyone decision, and it just feels a bit forced. Especially for a man who is um, essentially a soldier. I know he, he was a police officer and yeah. now a security, but he's a soldier. He takes orders and does what he's told, and you get a certain amount of character coming out of him in terms of taking on information from the various different people, you know, the politician, your boss, who are all telling you different things you should be doing. But I never get a sense that he's taking that on board and making his own decision, or I am as him, you know? Very strange. Sean? I actually kind of liked the idea of the ending of the game because it felt like the the theme of both the gameplay and the story was choice. And for the last thing you do in the game is to make your own choice of how you want the game to end. I like that idea. Um, story-wise, I'm not sure it entirely adds up or just makes a whole lot of sense. But I like the intent that they had. Can we remember what the final choices were, just interestingly? Because we talked about Bastion. I think we all knew what the final choices were with that. Hmm. Uh, so, uh... <laughs> one of them was to blow up... I can't remember any of them. One of them was to blow them. up the, the yeah. station, killing everyone we, in it, and the world would never get out of what was going on. Yeah, and that, that actually, that I, yeah, that one just seemed crazy when I'd just spent the last hour not killing all the people yeah. on the station. <laughs> all of them there was another one which was to disable all augments and send the world back 30 years in the hope that they would not develop augmentation that was the the father of augmentation that's a bit like the restore option in Bastion a little bit yeah Yeah. Yeah. and there was another one which was to basically um, one one was to support Sarif and one was to support the anti-orgs oh no was that the one that you just mentioned no the the anti-orgs guy was to he, wa- he wanted no regulation the of the augments, it, didn't he? And Sarif wanted no regulation of the augments. Yeah, right. regulation. So it was it was mm-hmm. to plant evidence to say that Sarif Industries was a bad company and therefore regulation was necessary, yeah. or to to not plant the evidence and plant the plant some evidence or or sell a story about the politician being corrupt and saying that we can't have regulation because the politicians can't be trusted see when you when you talk about it like that that that. does make it sound quite interesting but the way it's done in the game is so kind of lame and half-assed and uninvolving Mm. and the fact that the character that you're playing would not have to make those decisions or be able to is he doesn't seem up to it does he he doesn't seem really 
He just no. talks. I, like I get the impression he should have rung someone. Said, <laughs> yeah, this is like a bit much. Mom. Should we like Google it or something? Oh, let me just sit down and research it. You know, but oh, ask yeah. Twitter. Yeah, I, I would have. I would have bottled out that decision. I, yeah, yeah, any any of those. But I mean, it's a very interesting. Um, in theory, it's very interesting. You know, what does it mean to be human? Do we go with augmentation yeah, as a some part big things, of what yeah. humanity is? And yeah. and yeah, it's it's a bit bigger than pushing one of four buttons. I think. Yeah, really. obviously, it, yeah, obviously, it does tie in with yeah cloning and stem cell research and all that kind yeah. of thing, and 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 the future of medical science. But they don't. And, do and it eventually, what we know is going to happen in DSX with it being nano augmentation rather yeah. than because that's just on the cusp at the moment is the breakthrough yeah. they're going to make is nano augmentations. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, what I was yeah. going to say just yeah. to close um, was I was talking about the, the plum release date, but what seems to have happened in, in recent weeks over here is that the price of the game is now plummeting as the, as the competition has come out over the last two months um, in terms of on the shelf. And you can now buy this game very cheap, and I'm sure it will turn up in Steam sales as well for ridiculous money. Um, so uh, let's simply close with a would you recommend it or not, Dan Benden? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, it's it's a great game to play. It's very enjoyable. It has it has its, its its problems, but if you can immerse yourself in the game, you'll find yourself easily, or at least I did, find myself easily forgiving or ignoring or making up ridiculous stories <laughs> to explain any of the real problems with the game. Okay, Josh. Um, yeah, I actually highly recommend it. It's weird um, listening to you guys talk because um, I think I like this game a lot more than you guys, but not necessarily disagreeing with anything you've said. Um, uh, I I think it combines uh, a lot of things from different games that I really like. There's a bit of Mass Effect, there's a bit of Fallout 3, and there's a bit of Metal Gear Solid. I don't think it does any of those elements as strong as those titles, but I think just the fact that they're all present in one game pleases me greatly. So go and play it. Well said. James? Uh, yeah, I would say probably I probably like the game about as much as as, as Josh has just said he does. Um, it's not perfect, but yeah, I would agree those with those games that Josh has said, and I'd add in Splinter Cell Conviction. If you like one or more of those games, absolutely give it a try. And yeah, we're talking ten, fifteen pounds on um, PC or or the consoles. It's tough not to recommend it for that. Mm-hmm. You know, it really is. It's a good twelve to twenty, depending upon how long you want to take over it. Our and game. the difficulty you choose, and the difficulty you choose, and and it does have at least one replays worth in it. I think. Yeah, there's no new game plus, sadly. Which again, is it's another no. game that I feel could have been enjoyable to have a new game plus just to start again with all the augments you've already got and then be able to top them all out and max it all out and then just kind of have fun with 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 the game. But uh, Sean. Oh, yeah, I agree with uh, James and Josh pretty much entirely. Apart from the racism. One of my, uh, yeah, apart from the racism. <laughs> Just gloss over that. I don't know if that's being too sensitive or what, but... Um, well, no, I don't know. A lot of people said it. It's definitely worth... Um, I'm glad you raised it, because it would would have been bad to ignore that. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's actually one of my favorite games that i played all year, so I'd, I'd highly recommend it, of course, yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to say uh, that for the money it is now, I would recommend it. I probably wouldn't have been able to fully recommend it at full price at the time and you know this is again one of the one of the games that i'm glad that uh we we're doing what we do not to be too self-congratulatory on kane and rinse in that if i'd gone on a podcast after having this for two days 
I would have told you it was absolutely fucking awesome. And I don't think it is. It's got way too much wrong with it to be absolutely fucking awesome. It's got AI problems. It's got design problems. But, yeah, from moment to moment, what you spend most of the time doing, sneaking and hacking and taking down, is really, really good fun. So, uh, yeah, I would recommend it at the price it is now. So that was that. Once again, fairly positive overall. I was probably the least positive and I quite like the game really uh, for its flaws. Anyway, you can find our blog, which is getting busier, at canorince.com. And we are part of the Character Select Network. Uh, you can join in the discussion around the podcast, feedback to us, or talk about the games we talked about or anything else gaming related at characterselect.net slash forum. You can follow us on Twitter, of course. That's simply at Kane and Rince. That's A-N-D, not an ampersand. You can email us if you like with whatever you fancy. That's kaneandrince at gmail.com. You can like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash kaneandrince. And naturally, this being a podcast, your iTunes subscriptions, reviews and ratings are all extremely welcome. Next week, we're going to be talking about Two Platinum Games releases, they would be, of course, Bayonetta and Vanquish. And that'll be me, the return of Tony, uh, along with uh, Darren Foreman and Josh again, Josh Garrity. And the week after that, issue 13, it'll be all about Battlefield 3. And that'll be Leon, me, that is, Tony, Jay, and Carl Moon. Um, now we've had some time to live with Battlefield 3 and its quirks and foibles, pros and cons. Um, and we'll see where we are with that a couple of months after release. Uh, other things to look out for, I am down to be appearing on the annual Joypod Bestive podcast mashup. And this year, the lineup uh, is set to be uh, David Elmo Turner's, of course, Michael James Fox, of course, Sean Bell of both Joypod and Dark Zero, uh, Uzion. Uzi of uh, original Game of Dork fame and recent Game of Dork fame and myself. Uh, I'm down to be hosting and it'll be a kind of uh, fairly uh, relaxed review of the year. Um, normally an epic. Uh, sadly, uh, Neil Zibzang Brooks can't make it. Uh, as regular listeners will know, traditionally the Christmas show is uh, host to some epic moments from Neil, but uh, he couldn't make it this year. But uh, there'll be the five of us and we'll do our best to entertain you. I think we're recording this coming Tuesday and I guess it'll be out sometime after that, before Christmas anyway. So uh, thanks for listening to this one. I was Leon Cox, as I said. Thanks once again, again to James Carter, Josh Garrity, Sean O'Brien, uh, whose audio we are going to get sorted out. Don't you worry. And Dan Benden of Ready Up, of course. And we'll see you soon in issue 12. Thank you very much and goodbye.